This is a podcast from the Business Times. Starting the week, Singapore shares opened in the green. The Straits Times Index was up 0.3% in early trade and remained in positive territory to close up 0.3% at 3,196 points. Amid mixed trading in the region as investors awaited decisions from global central banks meeting later this week. On Tuesday, Singapore shares opened low in contrast to largely positive trading sessions in the global markets. The SDI was down 0.2% in early trade and closed in the red, down 0.2% at 3,189 points. The midweek brought some cheer to markets. Singapore shares opened higher following significant gains in global markets on mild U.S. inflation data and a possible pause in interest rate hikes. The SDI opened up 0.3% and closed rising 0.9% to 3,218 points. And on Thursday, Singapore shares opened higher following the decision to pause the interest rate hike by the U.S. Federal Reserve. The SDI was up 0.1% in early trade and closed up 0.8% at 3,243 points. It's Friday, June 16th. Welcome to Market Focus, a weekly look at market drivers and movements from the Business Times and Clarissa Montero. Singapore shares were in the green in early trade following strong overnight gains on Wall Street. The SDI was up 0.3% at the open. Here's Candice Lee, market analyst at SGX Securities, wrapping the trading week. Asian markets largely gained this week as the Fed kept rates unchanged at the June meeting, largely aligned with market expectations. The SCI was up 1.8% this week so far, largely in line with the FTSE APEC index, which also gained 1.6%. While most Asian markets continued the upward momentum into Thursday, Wall Street indices rarely lost some traction overnight on Wednesday as the Fed signaled that rate hikes are still on the table after this month's pause. The pause came as the Fed wanted to gather more information before determining if rates do need to rise again, with the pace of its moves now less important than finding a proper end point that slows price increases while minimising any rise in unemployment. According to the CME Fed Watch 2, the market is now expecting a 72 chance of a 25 bips hike in July. Looking back into the Singapore market, outperformers for the week for companies with a market cap of at least 500 million Sing dollars were new. Hotel Properties and IFAS Corporation averaging 12% gains. On the other hand, underperformers for the week were Southern Alliance Mining, Geo Energy Resources and Digital Core REIT, which averaged 5% declines. By sector, technology saw the highest average gains over the week of 4.4%, while materials and resources averaged the most declines of 3.2%. In terms of institutional fund flows into Singapore across the last five sessions through to 15th of June, we saw that net institutional fund outflows of $130 million. By sector, the highest net outflows over the last five sessions were across REITs at $64 million, financial services at $58 million, and consumer cyclicals at $32 million. On the other hand, industrials saw the largest net inflows at 19 million, followed by utilities at 17 million and technology at 12 million. Largest inflows were seen in SIA, which alone received 26 million Sing dollars of net institutional inflows, followed by Semcorp Industries and SGX. On the other hand, largest outflows were recorded in Genting Singapore, DBS and OCBC. In the coming week, investors will be able to tap into Southeast Asia and India's 30 largest technology companies via the new CSOP IH Southeast Asia Plus Tech Index ETF. This is listed on the 20th of June. 
This will be the world's first Southeast Asia and India tech-focused ETF capturing the performance of top 30 technology companies domiciled in India, Singapore, Indonesia, Thailand, Vietnam and Malaysia. This new ETF will be the second tech-focused ETF on the exchange after the Lion OCBC Securities Hang Seng Tech ETF, which is the top trader ETF on the Singapore exchange in the year to date, recording over $10 million of net inflows. Raphael Lim joins us for his take of the week. It was a busy week for investors as monetary policy decisions from various central banks took centre stage markets. Central banks, including those from Europe, China and Japan, were scheduled to make policy announcements during the week, but the most closely watched by markets came from the US Federal Reserve on Wednesday. The Federal Open Markets Committee announced a pause in its interest rate hikes following 10 previous consecutive increases. This came as US headline inflation data for May showed signs of moderation, even though core inflation was still slightly higher than expectations. However, the Fed maintained a hawkish tilt in its statement, and signaled that there was still possibility of two further rate hikes by end of the year, with rate cuts unlikely in the near term. Such a move was already largely priced in by markets, and the announcement was not met with significant volatility. Investors in the US were broadly optimistic over the week, after the benchmark S&P 500 climbed into bull market territory last Thursday, as stocks rallied over 20% from last year's lows. Over the past five trading days, the S&P 500 rose over 2%, Elsewhere in the region, markets mostly ended the trading week higher since last Thursday's close. Stocks in Japan led the gainers in the region, with the Nikkei 225 climbing 5.8% to 33,485. The market barometer crossed the 33,000 threshold for the first time since 1990 earlier in the week. Elsewhere, the Hang Seng Index in Hong Kong was up 2.7%, while the Shanghai Composite gained 1.2%. The KLCI in Malaysia climbed 0.5% while the Thai-X in Taiwan rose 3.6%. South Korea's KOSPI bucked the trend, slipping 0.1% during the trading week. In Singapore, the benchmark Straits Times Index rose 1.8%, with all but three counters ending positive over the past five trading days. Shares of Singapore Airlines led gainers over the week, climbing 13% since last Thursday's close. The counter has notched 12 consecutive days of gains as of yesterday's close, with its stock price of $7.91, the highest since 2018, according to Bloomberg data. The counter has also been the most active by value traded all week. On Thursday alone, shares worth some $215 million were traded, more than the value traded for the three local banks combined. Apart from SIA, other shares that saw robust performance during the week include Capital Corp, which gained 10.3%, and Samcorp Industries, which was up 9%. Meanwhile, shares of Hong Kong Land were the worst index performers, slipping 3.3% during the week. DBS and UOB were the other losers over the past five trading days, slipping 0.3% and 1.3% respectively. Still to come, company-focused news and what to note in the Singapore market with Candice. Join senior correspondent Ben Paul for his analysis and insight on market trends and corporate issues in Singapore in Mark to Market, a podcast series based on his weekly column in the Business Times, every second Monday of the month, with your trusted partner for financial information. Go to bt.sg slash podcasts to download or listen wherever you get your podcasts. And now, back to Market Focus from the Business Times. Candice, it was a happier trading week on the markets, particularly with the Fed's decision to pause rate hikes. Could you give us the highlights of other notable news? 
Well, Clarissa, several key data points came through here in Singapore, but unfortunately not as optimistic. Singapore's non-oil domestic exports were down 14.7% in May, a steeper drop than April's 9.8% contraction. This marks the eighth consecutive month of contraction and below Bloomberg's analyst consensus of a 7.7% drop. Key exports value hit $13.8 billion in May, down from $16.1 billion the month before and also lower than 2022's average of $16.6 billion. On the whole, Nordex to Singapore's top 10 markets declined in May, led by double-digit falls in exports to Hong Kong, Malaysia and Taiwan. But on a brighter note, shipments to China, which contracted 20.9% year-on-year in April, expanded 3.7% in May. Job vacancies in Singapore fell for the fourth straight quarter in the first quarter of 2023, while the ratio of job vacancies to unemployed persons declined from the previous quarter. The Ministry of Manpower noted that it is still high at 2.28. MOM also noted that the vacancies were spread across different industries and were found mainly in growth industries such as information and communications, health and social services, professional services and financial services. According to a quarterly survey conducted by the Monetary Authority of Singapore with the private sector economists, the full-year economic growth forecast for Singapore was downgraded to 1.4% for 2023. This was compared to 1.9% in the previous survey. According to the survey, the manufacturing sector, which accounts for about a fifth of Singapore's economy, is expected to contract by 1.3% this year. On a brighter note, the construction sector is forecasted to grow by 7%, up from the previous projection of 4.2%. Respondents flagged that a key downside risk for domestic outlook is the spillover effect from the external growth slowdown on top of inflationary pressures and an escalation in geopolitical tensions. Latest data from the Singapore Commercial Credit Bureau showed that local business sentiment has hit a two-year low for the third quarter of 2023 amid a worsening outlook for the manufacturing and wholesale sectors. The quarterly business optimism index fell to positive 3.98% for Q3 this year from positive 4.6% in the previous quarter. Business sentiment was upbeat within the construction and financial sectors with all six indicators in the positive territory. However, confidence among manufacturers declined with only two of six indicators in the positive territory. Similarly, the wholesale sector remained weak with half its indicators in negative territory. Singapore's tourist arrivals exceeded 1 million in May for the third straight month but slipped from April's post-pandemic high. Indonesia, for the 14th month, remained the top source of visitors to Singapore. This was followed by India, overtaking Malaysia. Analysts believe that 2023's full-year tourist arrivals could meet STB's estimates of 12 to 14 million and that although China has not been a key contributor to tourist arrivals in the year to date, there is hope for improved Chinese outbound tourism numbers in the latter half of the year. In May, private home sales rose 17% compared to April. This came as 1,595 private homes were launched in May, nearly double that of April's 798 units. Foreign buyers also contributed for just 3.5% of all new private home sales in May as compared to 8.2% in April. And analysts believe that this may be due to the recent hike in the additional buyer's stamp duty. Analysts also noted that May data may not have fully reflected the impact from the hike in the additional buyer's stamp duty as a transition period is needed and believe that the full effect of the cooling measure will be evident in June. Candice, please give us the highlights in company news this week. Certainly. 
Capital Court secured two contracts to provide energy as a service in Bangkok's Samyen Smart City through its joint venture with Decap Corp. The new contracts are with a hotel and a shopping mall to design and retrofit the building's existing chilled water systems to improve their energy efficiency and asset performance. The projects are expected to be completed by 2024 and will reduce over 18,000 tonnes of carbon emissions over a 20-year period. This is equivalent to planting 12,500 trees. Keppel also noted that more than 23% in cost savings are expected over the 20 years. Singapore Pain Care Holdings is making its first overseas foray by agreeing to invest 40 million yuan via share subscription to a healthcare group in China, Huxiang Healthcare Holdings, which owns and operates 15 community hospitals in Beijing, Hebei and Tianjin. Singapore Pain Care expects that the subscription will give the company a firm foothold in China's fast-expanding healthcare market, which is expected to have a projected market volume of 28.73 billion US dollars in revenue by 2027. SimLeisure will be refurbishing the discontinued Sentosa Kidzania via its newly incorporated and wholly owned subsidiary Kids Edutainment, with a projected capital expenditure of 3 million Singapore dollars. The expenditure will be partly funded by contributions from third-party sponsors participating in the Kitzania Singapore facility. SimLeisure also said that the new concept for the revamped Kitzania will include the latest designs, themes and role-playing activities, a new toddler exclusive area and adult events launched among other new introductions. Quantum Healthcare has taken up as the anchor tenant at Heartland's Imperial Mall in Malacca, Malaysia. The agreement will have a total tenure of nine years. As the anchor tenant, Quantum Healthcare plans to establish a centralised outpatient centre, the Quantum Specialist Centre. The centre is expected to open in phases from the second half of 2023 and will feature facilities such as operating theatres, imaging centres, aesthetics and specialist clinics as well as Quantum Healthcare's corporate offices. While the rate hike cycle in the US has now hit a pause, Markets would naturally be anticipating what may come in the coming months, given the hawkish commentary by the Fed in the June meeting. Data on inflation and economic growth in the coming weeks ahead would be key to determine whether further rate hikes may still be on the horizon. Thank you for that. This has been Market Focus from The Business Times. I'm Clarissa Monteiro with Candice Lee, Market Analyst at SGX Securities, and Raphael Lem from The Business Times News Desk. This is a podcast by the Business Times. Find more BT podcasts at businesstimes.com.sg/podcasts or wherever you get your podcasts. This podcast is meant to provide general information only. SPH Media accepts no liability for loss arising from any reliance on the podcast or use of third parties products and services. Please consult professional advisors for independent advice.